Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. Kyrie Irving is back on the floor for the Nets. Well, some of the time. The Memphis Grizzlies are absolutely on fire. Plus, shouldn't we be taking the Titans Super Bowl candidacy more seriously? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Kyrie Irving's return to the Brooklyn Nets was almost spoiled by... Lance Stevenson. No, seriously. Lance Stevenson had 20 points in the first quarter to help the Pacers get out to a big lead, but the Nets came back because they have Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and James Harden. They win 129-121. Joining me now from Locked on Nets, Adam Armbrecht and Adam. This is the first time we saw the big three in Brooklyn on the court at once, although they were not in Brooklyn. Importantly, how is this going to work? It's going to work out just fine. As long as you know Lance Stevenson doesn't blow in anybody's ear, I don't understand what the issue is. Um, listen, it's the 15th time, including the playoffs, that we've seen these three studs out on the court together. So you know, put that in your pocket and feel good about it. I, I, I think, listen, is it going to be different on the road versus at home without Kyrie? Obviously. But the big takeaway here out of this game is the impact of these three players being on the court together. The footnote of this game becomes that DeAndre Bembry was quietly a plus 22 in this one and really was the catalyst for the comeback because there was just massive holes of space all across the lane when you have these three type of offensive talents on the floor together. So, you know, it it corrects a lot of issues by getting Patty Mills back into the bench rotation along with LaMarcus Aldridge. That saves his legs so then he can start for you when you're at home. I don't know if it's going to be perfect all the time, but there's no world where it's not better when you have Kyrie for any amount of games. Here's the perfect stat that encapsulates what you're saying. The Nets shot 23.8% from three, but they won this game because they shot 56% overall, which means they were killing the Pacers on two-point shots because those shots are there when you have that much space. With this team, it just it we know what this what this does for everyone else. If Kyrie's out there, we just we can't possibly predict what it's going to look like night to night because we've never seen anything like this. There's no roadmap for this. Five three pointers, right? Um, but when you have, uh, by the way, quietly six of eight for LaMarcus Aldridge coming off the bench, a guy that's king of the mid range, hit everything from the elbow specifically. We've said this going back to last year. Kevin Durant loves the mid range game. Kyrie yep. Irving loves the mid range game. James Harden likes to shoot three-pointers, but is actually far more effective inside the arc and going at the basket. So, yeah, um, you see the benefit of these guys being out there. Yes, it will look different, but as you start to get guys into more defined roles, it also alleviates the pressure of what they need to accomplish on a night-in, night-out basis, even if it means the home games. I think you'll start to actually see Steve Nash and this coaching staff get to flesh things out a little bit more concretely, now knowing. We have Kyrie for X number of games, for X amount of minutes. Everybody else, fill your role accordingly. Thanks for making Locked On Today your first listen of the day. Coming up, the Memphis Grizzlies have won six in a row and look like one of the best in the West. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Antonio Brown had allegedly been asked to play through an ankle injury on Sunday, which sparked the embattled wide receiver's dramatic exit. He said in a statement, I took a seat on the sideline and my coach came up to me very upset and shouted, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? I told him it's my ankle, but he knew that it was well documented and we had discussed it. 
Brown, who had been questionable on the injury report, went on to say, he then ordered me to get on the field. I said, coach, I can't. He didn't call for medical attention. Instead, he shouted at me, you're done, while he ran his finger across his throat. Coach was telling me that if I didn't play hurt, then I was done with the Bucks. This, of course, contradicts the way Bruce Arians described those events, though Bruce Arians also has contradicted what Bruce Arians said about those events. So it's really, really tough to know what the truth is here. The only truth that matters right now is Antonio Brown is not going to play for the Bucks, and there will be lawyers. Another day, another Raptors win. Back above 500, Sean Woodley here from Locked On Raptors to break down the Toronto Raptors 117-111 win over the Milwaukee Bucks to move to 18-17 on the season. It's their fourth straight win as well. And the big takeaway from this one is that Pascal Siakam is currently playing the best basketball of his career. You know, he had obviously that wonderful most improved season back in 2018-19 when the Raptors won the title. He was a third option on that team and was fantastic. The year after that, he leveled up. He made second team All-NBA. He averaged nearly 24 points a game, was a great scorer, not so much of a playmaker, but didn't have to be because Kyle Lowry was at the peak of his powers on that team. Last season, a bit of a lesser scoring season for Siakam, but the playmaking came along in a big way. But this season, you're seeing it all come together without any of the hiccups, without any of the poor decision-making and really, really rough, wonky shooting lines that we saw last season, and in particular in the bubble back in Orlando when he really, really struggled against the Celtics. In the Bucks game tonight, he goes for 33 points, five boards, six assists. Over the last five games, he is averaging 24.8 points, 11.2 boards, and six 6.6 assists. He has been the best player for the Raptors, and that's really tough competition because Fred VanVleet has also been incredible lately, but Siakam's recent run of play is the best we've seen from him, and if he keeps this up, this Raptors team looks like they should be able to rattle off some wins. Yes, they need to play some teams that aren't without stars and important players. There was no Giannis tonight for the Bucks. They played a lot of COVID-stricken teams lately, but hey, they played in Tampa last season. They had themselves a really rough go with COVID. I think karma's kind of coming around, and eventually they will get some tougher games on the schedule here. Novak Djokovic's chances to play for a 10th Australian Open title were thrown into limbo Thursday when the country denied him entry and canceled his visa because he failed to meet the requirements for an exemption to COVID-19 vaccination rules. Border authorities did not accept the exemption he had received from the Victoria state government. The Australian border force The Australian border force issued a statement saying Djokovic failed to meet entry requirements. The rule is very clear, Prime Minister Scott Morrison told a news conference on Thursday. You need to have a medical exemption. He didn't have a valid medical exemption. We make the call at the border, and that's where it's enforced. Dirk Nowitzki gets his jersey retired, and the Mavericks beat the Warriors. It was a good night in Big D. The Dallas Mavericks come away with a big win for Dirk Nowitzki. Nick Engstead from the Lockdown Mavericks podcast here, joined by Isaac Harris up in the press box. And the Dallas Mavericks get a massive win against the Golden State Warriors. But it's all about number 41 tonight. Dirk Nowitzki gets his jersey retired in the Raptors at the American Airlines Center. It's an incredible night. So many different uh, ex-players, former players are here to celebrate with him. But the Mavericks come away with this win. It's a massive one for him and for the, for the Dallas Mavericks. Luka Doncic comes up big for the Mavericks. Jalen Brunson gets some big buckets late. 
and this team played some incredible defense. Steph Curry had two points in the first half, had 10 points in the third, but still could not come up as big as the Warriors needed him to in the fourth quarter. The Mavericks were stifling on that end, switching around, moving around, just getting the, the Warriors to do the things that they wanted them to do. An incredible game for the Dallas Mavericks. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for coming up on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your football action this season. The Warriors will look to bounce back as they head to the big easy to take on the Pelicans. BetOnline.ag likes Golden State to get that win, favoring them by six and a half. Meanwhile, those Grizzlies will play host to the Pistons, not the best team, and are, as you would imagine, big favorites. BetOnline.ag likes Memphis to the tune of 13. And one more big point spread for your Thursday slate of NBA games as the Clippers take on the Suns. BetOnline.ag likes Phoenix at home by a dozen. For all your gambling needs, BetOnline.ag has you covered. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to get 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. And don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to get that bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Here is another story you need to know. The Memphis Grizzlies enter play Thursday night, 25-14, and 14, fourth in the East. If the playoffs started today, and they don't, they would have a home playoff series. Joining me now from Locked On Grizzlies, Sean Coleman. And Sean, John Morant has been spectacular. The entire roster, really, for Memphis seems to play well on a regular basis. What is what is different about this team this year to last year? Because it's mostly the same group. Yeah, and, and the thing about it, first off, Peter, hello. And by the way, don't take two wins away from us. And don't steal our thunder saying if the playoffs were to happen and saying they're not, okay? Just acknowledge we're playing with them. Thank you. It's always a pleasure being with you, Peter. Um, all joking aside, I think you hit the nail on the head. Last year, it was our vets. Jonas Valanciunas, Kyle Anderson, Grayson Allen, two of those players played in the offseason because they were on expiring deals. Guys having career years near their primes was the reason why we surprised last year. But this year, it's the entire roster. People, rightfully, want to talk about John Morant playing at an all-NBA level, Desmond Bain playing in an MIP level, D- Dylan Brooks showing he could be an all-defensive player. But think about it this way. You've got Brandon Clark and Tyus Jones who were playing at their levels last year. You've got Kyle Anderson and DeAnthony Melton, who all of those four combined to make the great bitch. At all levels of this roster, on both ends of the court, there's balance, there's effectiveness, and there's a lot of people playing at career best rates or even better than previous career rates, and that's why we're exceeding expectations once again. And if it's, it's a hell of a lot of fun to see, to be honest with you. Well, and speaking of a hell of a lot of fun, John Morant is a walking highlight reel. He's one of those guys who is the rare uh, critically acclaimed guy among the, the real hoops heads. The stat nerds love him. The, the tape grinders love him and the people that just watch highlights on Instagram also love him. His ability to take this superstar leap, which is the, the, the hardest leap, I think, for any player in any sport to make from star to superstar, that is, that is going to be able to make them dangerous. Do they have the sufficient pieces elsewhere, the secondary players, or should they consider maybe a two or a three for one to get a second true star for Ja? So, Yes and no. They should eventually consider it. Um, and I think that when you come, you've got a core four. We we love using that phrase. I know it's used many places, but we love using that phrase from the grit and grind era. Grizzlies, you know, you look at Jaw, you look at Bane, you look at Jaron, you look at Dylan. Those are our core four. Yes, in time they should. Right now is not that time. 
And the reason why is because though they're fourth in the West, I don't think they're a contender. I think that the overall unexpected special season outcome for this Grizzlies team is probably what you saw from the Hawks last year, who needed some help but got to the Eastern Conference Finals. I think that the Grizzlies can make it a competitive second round of the playoffs run. But I think if they're the Grizzlies right now, if something like that were to come and it made sense, do it. But you let it come to you. Mainly, you write out what you've got, and then you look to make that big move in the summer when it probably makes more sense. And you've probably got more players who are worth doing that type of move available. Coming up, Derrick Henry is back, and the rest of the key players are returning to form. So why aren't the Tennessee Titans riding their own hype train? Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I had one today. No kidding. I almost had two. And then I was just like, okay, you got you to chill out. And not because they're bad for you. That's the best thing about this. I could have had two and, and not felt guilty at all. It was more about making sure my supply was in order. Because I have finite Built Bars. Sure, I can order more. But then I have to order more. These things are so delicious. And again, you don't feel bad about having, let's say, a second one because low in calories, low in sugar, low in net carbs, but high in protein and high in fiber. And and what more do you want? What more do you want from food? And the cool thing is they have these built bites. That was why I was almost like, oh, let me have more because these bites are smaller. It is just, it's two or three bites. And they come in great flavors. I got coconut almond. I got double chocolate. And they are so good. They might as well be candy, but they're not. They taste like candy, but they are actually good for your body. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off. That's promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off at Built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. The Tennessee Titans are currently the number one seed in the AFC. Derrick Henry is set to return to the team and A.J. Brown is back and looking healthy yet. They are not even close to the betting favorites in the AFC or for the Super Bowl. Joining me now from Locked on Titans, Tyler Rowland and, and Ty, this is something that, that we've talked about a lot this season, but the, Tennessee is in the Rodney Dangerfield position. They can't get no respect. Um, you know, if, if you're someone who follows the team for quite some time or a fan of the team, then you know that all too well because that's essentially been the case since the team moved to Tennessee and became the Titans. But one thing that I will say is the team likes being in that position. And whenever they seem to be a big favorite in, in any kind of way, they seem to kind of falter a little bit. And I, th- <laughs> I think some of that might have to do with, you know, the, the disrespect, you know, quote unquote, but ultimately, you know, none of that really matters at the end of the day. Those are all the opinions of people who analyze and watch football. And we've seen throughout history that it's not always the team with the shiny quarterback. Sometimes it's the team with the most complete team, with the running game, with the defense. And I think there are two kinds of Super Bowl champions in history. One with the dominant quarterback with a good cast around him, and then a a pretty decent quarterback with a really good cast around him. And that second type is, I think, what the Titans can replicate. And it may not be as shiny as the other version, but it's proven that it can get done. The Titans currently on bet online, the seventh shortest odds to win the Super Bowl, despite the fact that they might be the first round by team in the AFC. We also know that in the AFC tie, the, uh, the matchups are paramount. And we've seen Tennessee against 
the, the two teams in the AFC that have shorter odds than them, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. So I don't even have to ask you, how does Tennessee match up with those teams? We've seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we know that the Titans have a good enough plan to beat those teams, and they, they've done it multiple times. It, it's not like this season was the first time that this version of the Titans, the Mike Vrabel, Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry Titans, have beaten those teams. The, the year the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, the last team to beat them that year was the Titans. So the the Titans have have beaten they they've beaten them multiple times in this span, and they've beaten the Bills multiple times in this span. They've beaten the Ravens multiple times in this span. They've beaten the Patriots multiple times. I mean, the Titans consistently know how to get up to the level of the teams that everybody does give respect to, and as as long as they go into those games as underdogs. And they know that they, as a team, they have the confidence that they can compete with those teams and beat them pretty more than they lose to them. Then uh, I think the Titans will be just fine with that. What do you think the difference is? Is it is it Ryan Tanhill? Is it is it Market? Is it Vrabel? Like, what do you think is holding people back from believing in this team? Well, that's a that's a, a loaded question there because there's sure. a there's a lot to it. You know, there are newer franchise with moving to Tennessee. Uh, there hasn't been a ton of consistent success for the franchise during that time. They've had little blips here and there, but you know, think about a team like in 2008, the Titans get the number one seed the last time that they were able to do it, and they lose in their very first game. So people think about that stuff. And then there's the players here. There's a general sense in the football cognoscenti that running backs don't matter. So a team with this big star running back, oh, well, we can't believe in them because that goes against our core values anyway. And then Tannehill, people love just keeping him in the box that they put him in first because it's easier to stay with your analysis than to create new analysis based on new information. So with Tannehill, the style of play that isn't as pretty and conducive to looking good with the numbers and the analytics, the franchise's history, all of that together pretty much makes like the, ah, it's just the Titans. You know what I mean? So it is understandable to a point, but you know, like I know, the only way to break that is to break through. Win one Super Bowl, you're a legitimized franchise, and anytime you have a good team going forward, they'll be like, oh, the Titans have done it before, so we believe in them. And finally, Aaron Rodgers wants one writer off the MVP vote. Earlier this week, Hub Arkish called Rodgers, quote, the biggest jerk in the league and a bad guy. Hub said he wouldn't vote for Rodgers. Rodgers responded as you'd figure Rodgers would respond. I think he's a bum. I think he's an absolute bum. Um, his problem is I'm not vaccinated. You know, so if he wants to go on a crusade and collude and come up with an, an extra letter to put on the award just for this season and make it the most valuable vaccinated player, then he should do that. But he's a bum and I'm not going to waste any time worrying about that stuff. He has no idea who I am. He's never, never talked to me in his life, but it's unfortunate that those, those sentiments, it's surprising that he would even say that, to be honest. My quick prediction, not only will Rogers win MVP, but he will take this out on the Lions on Sunday because apparently he is going to play. Coming up Friday, how will the remaining open NFL playoff spots be filled? We'll have that all. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.